This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And good afternoon. Welcome to it. It is uh, six minutes after four o'clock. Good to have you along. Yeah, that number is open and active. 604-280-9898. This is a live call-in show, so your participation is always welcome. And uh like having you around for the show as well. 604-280-9898. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address. And anytime you want to go there, it's uh, there 24-7, absolutely free and anonymous pocketemploymentlawyer.ca wonderful website tonight on the show we're going to get into the 10 commandments of termination of employment so stick around for those you need to know all 10 that is for sure but first the uh the week that was how are you Lior? i am doing great john uh looking forward Beautiful. to another busy week certainly the the past week has been busy and, and you know this time of year we're getting closer to the holidays things in employment law tend to slow down but not this year, man. I don't expect that. This is a very unique time, unique year with everything going on in the world and with COVID-19 and how jobs have been impacted. I think there's going to be turmoil yet to come even closer to the holidays. So if you have a problem that you're facing right now, maybe you've been facing it for a while and you finally think, okay, I need some answers. I need to know how long this situation can go on. Well, now is the time to give us a call, to, to call into the show I'll answer your questions. As an employment lawyer, I, I've probably seen that all. I've solved it all, so I know exactly what you need to do. And, of course, maybe there's a situation that just happened yesterday, and, and you're wondering, hey, what, what do I do here? How do I solve the problem? I lost my job. What am I owed? Because I need to still put food on the table. Maybe you're on a layoff, and you want to know how long you can be on a layoff. If you have any questions about your job, your compensation, your workplace rights, give us a call. Let's talk about that. Or option two is you can reach out to me in the office. We can talk privately. You can call or email. We'll give you that information throughout the show. But to get going while we're waiting for your calls, a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. John, the first one I'll tell you about is a matter that I actually resolved over the past week. I resolved it for my uh, for my client. So he had actually been laid off temporarily uh, in uh, early April uh, because of COVID-19. And over the ensuing number of months, uh, his employer kept telling him, okay, well, we're going to call you back in May, and then it was going to be June, and then July. So it, it would extend it about four or five times. Finally, he said, okay, well, enough is enough. I, I, I can't continue waiting. I need to do something here. And that's when he called me earlier in the summer, and he wanted to know, well, what are my rights? What are my options? So what I told them is what I've been saying to everyone on the show for many months now is that, well, you have the right to treat this layoff as a termination. You don't have to wait. You don't have to see what happens. You don't have to wait for that phone call or email from your employer. You can make the decision, make the choice to treat it as a termination and get your severance. You don't have to wait for the company to make the decision. You can make it. So that's what he chose to do. And we very recently, uh, just over the past week or so, resolved this matter. We got him about 12 months pay. He had been with the company Excellent. for about 10 years. He's very happy with it. And, you know, the company was not a bad company. They weren't trying to do anything uh, wrong. They weren't trying to hurt this person. They themselves may not have appreciated their own legal obligations. A lot of employers are in that situation. There's this assumption that the employer is allowed to lay you off temporarily. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been laid off. But no, 
That is not the case. You can treat that as a termination and get severance. So if you're in that situation, maybe you're still waiting, or maybe you've just been recently been put on a temporary layoff, you can get severance if you choose. You don't have to wait. If you want to do that, if you want to get what you're owed, let's talk about that. Again, comments, questions, lines are open. Call-in show live here, uh, 604-280-9898 is the number. What else you got going on? So this one is a situation that uh, really the employer, you know, I, I talked about the first talk, uh, case. The employer wasn't trying to do anything wrong. They probably just weren't aware. Well, this second employer that I'll tell you about really did screw up uh, kind of royally here. Uh, can I say that on radio, by the way, John? I think just I did. Good. All right. So uh, this person showed up to uh, work uh, one day, and, and he was clear that he was under the influence. He had been drinking. His employer uh, found that, uh, realized that right away, and they did the right thing, absolutely. They said, well, wait a second. Uh, you, you can't be working in that state. Uh, uh, you know, what's going on? At that point, he told them, I have, I have a drinking problem. I've been struggling with it for, for a long, long time, and you know, I guess it just got the best of me. They told him, okay, well, go home, get yourself fixed up, and, and be in touch with us. He did. He decided to go back home and, and to, to try to finally beat this thing, this, this drinking problem of his. He saw treatment. At one point, he actually had to get hospitalized. Uh, things were, were bad. But finally, after a number of, of long and, and difficult weeks, he felt a lot better. His doctor said, you're, you're, you're doing great. You should be able to go back to work. He contacted his employer, said, okay, I'm coming back to work. They said, okay, fine, come in on Monday. He showed up on the Monday, and wouldn't you know it, he gets a letter saying, we are letting you go for cause because that time you came in drunk, that's unacceptable, that's a breach of our policy, we're letting you go for cause. Well, he did the right thing, which is to call me, and he wanted to know what his rights were. So, John, I hope that our regular listeners know by now that having a drinking problem, in other words, uh, suffering from alcoholism, that is considered a disability. So if you have a disability, you cannot be let go. You cannot be let go if, you have a, if you're suffering from alcoholism any more than you could be let go if you have a, a broken back or if you uh, herniated a disc. None of that can happen because at the end of the day, it's not your fault. It's a medical condition. Now, in this particular situation, the fact that he had uh, suffering from alcoholism, yeah, it certainly meant that he should not be allowed to work until he came back, but he could not be let go. He cannot be punished for it. So not only is this a wrongful dismissal, it's also a human rights violation. So I'm mentioning it here to remind employers and employees, if you do have a drinking problem, obviously you have to seek treatment. You should not be showing up for work, but you cannot be let go because of it. It is a medical condition. I don't say that. Our courts have said that. That's established. And of course, even beyond that, if you have any other disability, a mental health issue, a physical issue, your employer cannot let you go if you have to miss work. The employer has to accommodate you. So there's some very important lessons there. Alcoholism is a disability. Same with a drug dependency, by the way. If your employer does anything to you in that situation, that's illegal. Absolutely. Do they have any responsibility as getting you into some sort of treatment or, or rehab or paying for it for that matter? So an employer certainly has to help the employee, especially those that are, are suffering from serious condition, to, to set them on the right path. Now, it doesn't necessarily extend as far as paying for treatment, 
but certainly encouraging them to seek treatment, even uh, providing them information. Often employers have resources through benefits plan that may be available to employees. So an employer cannot just wash their hands and say, well, that's your problem. Uh, they have to be an active participant in this situation. It's Again, the law says that. And an employer that decides, oh, that's just not something they're going to do, yeah, is going to find themselves on the wrong side of a human rights violation. It is uh, four fourteen. Lots of time for you to call in and ask your uh, your questions here. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or help at employmentlawyer.ca, and you can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime you want to get some more information. Absolutely free and anonymous. And reaching out to Lior, we'll give you that number uh, in just a little bit when we're uh, when we're off air. Revisiting the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Let's get to the first one before we uh, have a wee break here. Number one. Thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job. Everyone's thinking, wait a minute, I haven't got the job yet. I'm thinking about getting canned. What is that all about? Absolutely. And the reason why you have to think about termination when you start a job is because your employer is thinking about it. Your employer is thinking about that by virtue of the employment agreement that they're going to have you sign. Almost all employment agreements now, or many of them, contain terms that try to limit a person's severance, future severance. So your employer is thinking about that, putting a term in the agreement that says, hey, if at some point we decide to let you go, we're going to only pay you the minimum entitlements. We're not going to pay you everything that you're owed. So you have to be very mindful of that. If you sign an employment agreement like that, at some point, it's guaranteed to cost you tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. So what do we do? Number one is we want to actually understand what we're signing and if needed to negotiate those things. You absolutely can negotiate these termination provisions. The other thing we want to do is if we can avoid at all signing an employment agreement and accepting a job on a handshake, we can and we should do that. That's much better than to sign employment agreements. But be very careful as to what you sign. Maybe even if you're an existing employee and your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, there's almost guaranteed to be terms in that agreement limiting your severance. So if you are in that situation, you need to know, don't give up your rights to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. That is always my first commandment when it comes to termination of employment. We'll get to the other nine after a short break. We'll give you a chance to uh, to grab a phone, gather your thoughts at 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898, the number to call in for the remainder of this hour here on this uh, excellent Sunday afternoon. And uh, we'll get to that in some emails, help at employmentlawyer.ca. This is the Employment Law Show on CKNW. It is, and welcome back to it. It is uh, 419, so lots of time for you to call through, ask your questions. Bring them on, 604-280-9898, and it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. After the show, you want to reach out to Lior or a member of the team, yep, 604-283-3123. That would be the number. The Ten Commandments of Termination on to number two. Thou shall not accept a temporary layoff. Can we echo that across the country for the last seven months? How about that one? Yeah, that, that is extremely important. And I touched yeah. on temporary layoffs right at the beginning of the show. But a temporary layoff is certainly a surefire way to give up rights. Uh, and, and here's what I mean by that. Remember what I said, that a temporary layoff is not something an employer has an automatic right to do. Meaning, if you've been laid off temporarily, you can choose to treat that as a termination of your employment and get your severance. So that that is an, a right that you have. But you can give up that right. And the way you can give up that right is if you allow the temporary layoff to happen. So you've been put on a temporary layoff, you sit at home, and at some point they call you back, you go back to work. 
fine, no problem. The, the concern here is this, that by doing that, by allowing it to happen, by accepting it, you've now given the company the right to do it again and again and again and again. And that is a huge problem because you can end up then being in a situation where you go back to work, uh, work for a few months, then you get laid off for a few months, and then you go back for a few months, and round and round we go. Most people cannot work that way because yeah. we need that consistency, the income consistency. We can't be off for a few months every few months. So because of that, that's a concern that you should really keep in mind whenever you're laid off temporarily. Uh, you, you can get termination uh, or entitlements. You can get your severance right now. But if you don't do that, well, I understand the the the, the inclination to say I want to be the team player for sure. But sometimes being the team player means you give up your rights and you have to decide whether you want to do that. So I always recommend when it comes to your job, a temporary layoff is not something you should accept because you don't want to be in that situation again. That's why I made that my second commandment is, no, don't accept temporary layoffs, at least without knowing what you could be giving up. Could you at least say, you know, I'll accept it this one time under these uh, you know, extenuating circumstances of COVID-19, but let's not make this a regular thing. You know, you could try, but I, I, yeah. I cannot guarantee you at all that that will work. In fact, just by allowing it to happen, you create that precedent. You create that yeah. implied term. So I, I wouldn't count on that. I mean, if, you, if you're if you going to accept no matter what, then, yeah, you may as well send that note saying, well, just so you know, I'm not agreeing to any future layoffs. But it may not be effective to do that. It may not actually yeah. give you the right to say no the next time. Usually you only have one kick at that can, which is if you've been laid off temporarily, you can make the decision as to what you want to do now. But if you accept it, you may then be in that situation again in the future. 604-280-9898. Lines are open and live and ready for you to call in with any questions having to do with employment or severance or otherwise. It doesn't have to be one of the commandments, but we're just leaving it open for you there. Number three is this. Uh, thou shall respond to any negative reviews or discipline. How about in writing while you're at it, right? Absolutely. So what yeah. we are trying to do here is we're trying to avoid a situation where we're let go for cause. Now, a termination for cause means that you've been let go because of something really bad that you did and the company doesn't have to pay you severance because of it. Now, well, we don't want that. Obviously, that's the worst case scenario. We never yeah. want someone to be let go for cause. And one way for you to uh, reduce or even eliminate the likelihood of that happening is by responding properly to any performance reviews or, or negative reviews and any discipline. So what I mean by that is this, if your employer gives you a written warning saying, we're warning you that you did a terrible job on this project, you better not do it again. Well, if you don't say anything about it, it's exactly as if you've said, I agree. It's exactly as if you said, you're right, employer, I agree, I accept, I did make a terrible mistake, so sorry about that. Now, if that's actually what happened, then that's okay. If you did make a bad mistake, okay. But if you don't agree with it, if it's not what happened, if there's other information that the employer should have, well, you need to write to the employer and put that put that in writing, make sure that they understand what actually happened. No, employer, that's not actually what happened, or you, you didn't know all the facts. Let me tell you what, what you actually need to know. Put that in writing. By doing that, you're going to make it much, much harder for the company to try to rely on this later on if they want to let you go. Now, we can never stop the company from letting you go, but we can definitely ensure that you get your full severance and that you don't give up your right to severance. 
So definitely an important commandment. My third commandment is if you are ever in a situation where you are uh, uh, disciplined, if you don't agree with it or you've been put on a performance improvement plan, you don't agree with it, well, guess what? You have to say something. It's on you to put that in writing professionally, not in an aggressive way. But if you put it in writing, you preserve your rights and make it much more difficult for the company to let you go down the road. Does it have to be a really super detailed and uh, you know lengthy response or just something rather quickly, more of an acknowledgement that you've, you, you've seen it but you don't agree with it? I like detailed. Uh, I like yeah. detail so that yeah. so so that the information is out there. It's one thing to say, no, you're wrong, employer, goodbye. That that's not particularly effective. But to say you're wrong and here's why you're wrong. Here's all the information that you need. Number one, your employer may even understand and consider that and say, yeah, you know what? I didn't know that, uh, Mr. Employee. So our bad. Forget about what we said before. But even if that's not what happens, by you putting everything in writing, you're, you're going to have that on the record. You're going to make it clear that, that later on they can't say, no, no, we gave you an opportunity, but you never bothered to respond, so now it's too late. The Ten Commandments of Termination, that's what we're uh, going through here. And anytime you got a comment or question about any of those or any other, 604-280-9898, that's the number to call in for this afternoon. Number four, thou shall not commit serious workplace misconduct. Yeah, and you know, this is not uh, me being too uh, sophisticated here, you know, years of studying, that's what I came up with. No, it's, it's, it's something very basic. Well, if, if you were talking about the commandments, it's probably one of the best way to preserve your rights is just don't do something really bad. Yeah. Yeah, that right. will ensure that you can never be let go for cause if you don't do something really bad. Remember, it's very difficult to terminate employment for cause. Uh, in order to for that to happen, the employee would have had to do something really, really bad. Not even one time, usually multiple times. If the employee did something bad, but it's not that bad, then no, they cannot be let go for cause. And if the company still wants to let them go, severance has to be paid. So what you don't want to do, of course, is just don't commit serious workplace offense. We all make mistakes sometimes. No one's perfect, and you're not going to always do everything correctly, and that's fine. The fact that you made a, made a mistake, the fact that maybe, I know, you lost your temper or you behaved in a way that wasn't professional, that in itself is not going to mean you lose your job for cause. So be smart, be reasonable. If you are having a bad day, take some time to cool off. Don't commit serious workplace misconduct. And if you don't do that, you will never be let go for cause. You will always be able to get your severance and you will preserve your rights. Anytime I want to reach out, by the way, if there's any discrepancy about what we're talking about or you don't understand, want more of a private conversation, 604-283-3123, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can send along your emails, uh, by the way, here before the end of the show. We'll try to get to uh, to some of those. And the number right here right now to call in, 604-280-9898. Before we break, we'll get to number five. That is, thou shall keep copies of all relevant uh, relevant documents. What do you mean by that? So if, if you're uh, in a situation where you know there, there's documents that are relevant to your workplace situation, maybe it's a disciplinary letter that the company is relying on, a performance improvement plan, an employment agreement, uh, a bonus policy, all those are important documents, so you need to have copies of them. Now, if you are let go, we're talking obviously about the commandments of termination of employment, important things to do and know if your employment is terminated. Well, one of those for sure is, well, we'll need to definitely look at these documents. You know, I mentioned bonus plan, for example. 
part of your severance has to include your bonus. The average bonus you've received in the past has to be paid out over the severance period. But oftentimes we'll need to look at a bonus plan. There may be something in the bonus plan document, if there is one, that may change the analysis, that may give us some more information about what you're owed and what you're not owed. So, for example, that's an important document. If the company says, well, we're letting you go because we gave you three other warnings, well, it'd be helpful for us to have these warnings if they exist. Uh, an employment agreement, a very important document because there could be terms in there that impact your termination entitlement. So very, very, very good, important and good idea to have relevant documents. And when it comes to your job, have a folder, call it my work documents and yeah. keep there any documents that have to do with you, with your, your rights, with how the comp, with your compensation, with how the company has treated you. Have that folder. You never know when we'll need that folder. For me, it brings a huge smile to my face when someone calls me and says, Hey, Lior, I have this folder for you. Take a look at it because I know that the information is there. I know that I can now protect my client's rights. So keep those documents. You'll be glad you did. Short break and back into it. Still got more commandments to go. And then as promised, we'll get to some of your emails. You want to send along a phone call, I mean, for the remainder of the show on air, 604-280-9898. Don't be bashful. Just give us a call, and you might be very, very glad you did that. And the email address, which we're going to get to, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show, CKNW. Hey, welcome back. 433. Lots of time for you to call in. 604-280-9898. That is the number. Email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website up for you anytime full of employment law information. It's free. Totally. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Wrapped up into the website, of course, is the severance pay calculator, which you're probably familiar with by now. That has been very successful. For the uh, the last number of years, getting through more of these, we are talking the uh, Ten Commandments of Termination, and here's another one, Thou shalt keep records of important events, and I'm sure we're not talking about the Christmas party here. <laughs> no, no, or, or any other party for that matter, unfortunately. Right. Not that they're not important. Uh, but here's here's what that this means, is that, uh, again, we, we never want to be in a situation, if, especially if we lose our job, of he said, she said, uh, especially if it's a situation. A matter where they let you go because of something that you did, or maybe you're making allegations that company you've mistreated me, and the company's never going to admit that. So he said, she said is never a, a good place to be in if you can avoid it. So how do we avoid it? Well, we keep records of things that happen. If your boss did something to you or said something to you that was important or inappropriate, write it down somewhere in a journal and in, in, in a diary. Or even better, send an email to someone confirming what was said and when it was said. Keep a record. Make notes. Make sure that there's something that exists that was created at the time that's relevant. Uh, if you have a meeting with someone and you wish you had a record, make that record yourself. Keep notes. Keep records of those things. You may need them. Very important, for example, if you're being mistreated or harassed or bullied. Uh, and sometimes you may say, well, because I'm being harassed, because I'm being bullied, that's a constructive dismissal. I don't have to continue working in this environment. I have now the right to leave and treat my employment as being terminated because of this harassment. Well, it's going to be so much easier to do that if we had a way to prove it, if we kept records, if we sent those emails. Because remember, if someone harassed you, it's very unlikely that they'll put their head down in shame and say, yes, I did it. Usually they'll deny it. So the way to avoid this uh, conflict of he said, she said, 
is to keep records. So very important. You know, that, that, that's always my number one rule in the workplace, always, is to keep records. Uh, don't count on anyone else to do it. You do it yourself. If you keep records, you'll be happy that you did. You'll preserve your rights. You'll make sure that you'll, you'll be able to deal with any difficult workplace situation. I really can't overemphasize yeah. how important that is. <laughs> this one's a beauty, too. Number seven, as we move down the, uh, the Ten Commandments of Employment. Thou shall not get advice from your neighbor, Steve. <laughs> no, or even if his name is Charlie. Still not a good nope, idea to get advice. No, 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 not at all. And, uh, you know, if you were sick, if you had a medical condition, if you, mm-hmm. you know, you woke up and something was wrong with you health-wise, you're not going to call Steve... Uh, who works, uh, you know, down the street at the uh, at the Burger King, and say, you know, hey Steve, what, what, do, we, what do you think about this, right? So you, you'd seek advice from a doctor, you'd speak to your family doctor, etc. You, you'd you'd do something reasonable. Well, why would you talk to Steve if you have a legal issue? Uh, there's so much misinformation out there. The reason why you and I started this show all these years ago which is now developed into TV shows and, and many other things, mm-hmm. is because of this misinformation. Because we wanted to set the record straight. Not a day goes by when someone uh, doesn't say, hey, I heard this, is this true? Or uh, my brother-in-law told me that this, my employers can do this or they can't do this. And almost always that's incorrect. It's such a, a, a very common way to lose entitlements. When we're talking about termination of employment, how many times have you heard from someone that you know, oh, yeah, yeah, no, if you get a week per year, if you lose your job, that's all you're owed, or, you know, yeah. they don't have to pay you more than eight weeks' pay, or whatever it is, and that's all wrong. It's wrong. It's not even close to being true. It's false. And I'm not suggesting that your friend Steve is trying to lie to you or do something to hurt you. Of course not. They just don't know. There's so many misconceptions out there. Just like Steve wouldn't know if you were uh, in need of medical attention, they don't know if you're in need of legal advice. So the best way to do it is get that advice if you have a legal issue, certainly if you lost your job. There's no exceptions to that rule. If you lost your job, you have to get legal advice. Or if you really are still hesitant, despite what I just said to get legal advice, well, I'll make it even easier. Just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's like having your own employment lawyer there with you for free anonymously and in, in easy to use. So it's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you lost your job, if you've been constructively dismissed, if you're being harassed in the workplace, if your human rights have been violated, if you're trying to figure out if you're an employee or an independent contractor, all those things and more, you can actually get answers to specifically to your situation on pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Please get advice from the right sources. Be smart. Uh, th- these issues are too important to just trust to anyone. Uh, that's why we do the show, and hopefully now you, you know a bit more about those rights. And especially when it comes to severance, not only do you want to talk to your pal Steve, that's not a good idea, or Steve has another name, and that would be the Employment Standards Branch. You don't want to go there when it comes to your severance either, right? No. No, you, you, you really cannot, only because the Employment Standards Branch can only enforce your minimum termination yeah. entitlements. Right. That's it. So I'm going to give you an example. Say you lost your job, you work for a company for, I don't know, three years. So you call the Employment Standards Branch and you say, hey, I just lost my job. How much uh, do they owe me? They'll tell you three weeks pay. Uh, yep. You can. You don't believe me? Call them, call them now yourself. You'll find out that's exactly what happens. Well, guess what? That's wrong. Not only is that wrong, you're probably owed about six months pay, not weeks, months. Now, that's the reason why that happens is because the Employment Standards Branch can only advise 
advise and enforce your minimum termination entitlements. That word minimum is key. Your minimum entitlements are only a portion of what you're actually owed. So you can go to the employment standards branch if you have an overtime issue or a vacation pay issue or uh, maybe uh, your, your uh, statutory holiday pay wasn't properly paid to you. Absolutely, you can. They can advise you and help you. You cannot go there if you lost your job because, frankly, there's no, no help that they can provide you to get your full entitlements. For that, you need legal advice. That's why we're here, and that's why I've also created, as I said, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You still got some time here to uh, to call into the actual station. We'd love to hear from you. 604-280-9898 is the way to do that. The next commandment you need to follow. And uh, this is it. Thou shall assume always that your severance offer is inadequate. It's not enough. That is such an important commandment. If you lost your job, remember Leo's commandment. Your severance offer is inadequate. I'm not saying that because I'm clairvoyant and I can see into the future. I'm saying that because I've been doing this for going on 20 years now, gosh, and I've literally reviewed thousands of severance offers, and my colleagues have reviewed thousands and thousands more, and over 90% of those severance offers are completely inadequate, 90%. Think about that. So if you lose your job, now if we put 10 people in the room that have just all lost their jobs, they're all, each one of them is holding their severance papers, nine out of those 10 people that severance offer in those papers is completely inadequate. Not yeah, kind of a bit inadequate, completely inadequate to the tune of potentially and likely tens of thousands of dollars. So that's why I can say that the chances are, if you're looking at that severance offer, that it's completely inadequate. You have to assume that. If you assume that, then you'll have to do the right thing. Just to get advice, to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you don't like me, you can speak with another employment lawyer. That's okay too. But you have to do the right thing and get advice. Don't ever assume that it's appropriate. It's likely not, even if the company tells you, oh, no, we made you a good offer, uh, Joe. You really should be happy with what we've offered you. Number one, the company may not be telling you the truth. But number two, and just as likely, is they may not know what they actually owe you. They may think they made you a good offer. Maybe they even think they made you a great offer. But it could still be completely ridiculous. So don't believe me. Check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, even if you're just curious about your entitlements. But you can always take it almost as a guarantee that your severance offer, the one you've gotten or you will receive, is going to be inadequate. Isn't there a certain aspect of that, especially with a more, I don't know, sophisticated employer who does kind of know basically ballpark what they should offer you? They're offering you much less, as you said. But, I mean, if they let go of 10 people, 20 people, what, two of them will will realize it, maybe speak up and come back with some some legal help? The other ones won't, and they've saved themselves a bunch of coin knowingly, possibly knowingly, right? So there's really two categories for employers when it comes to termination. Those that know what they have to pay but hope that the person – doesn't know or those that legitimately don't know any better. For those employers that do know better, they can count on the fact that if they let go 10 people and they offer all of them inadequate severance, most of them, nine of them out of the 10, will accept it, not knowing any better. So that's pretty darn good odds, right? It's it's If I'm trying to save money, what a, what a better way to do it than to simply pay less severance and most of the time I'll get away with it and I'll save hundreds of thousands of dollars each time. So that's why we are here because if you're listening right now, you're not going to be one of those 9 out of 10 people. You'll be the 10th person 
that knows better, that knows that you're owed more, that knows what to do about it. So please be smart. You're now, you know better now. You're, you've been educated on this issue now. So if you are let go now or in the future, you'll know what to do. And number nine and number 10 of the Ten Commandments are coming up, but after a short break. So we'll get to that and give you a couple more minutes here. If you something came to mind, you want to call us on the phone here at the station, 604-280-9898, or a help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you just go to employmentlawyer.ca, you'll find the resource to catch our TV show as well. I want to remind you of that, as Leor did, so you can have a look at that in the meantime. More on the way, Employment Law Show on CKNW. Anytime you want to reach out and get some more information, you can do so, 604-283-3123. If you want a private conversation uh, with Lior or a member of his team, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website that you can trust for all the information you need. There's contact there as well. Other than that, just uh, shut down your browser. It's completely anonymous. We are going to get into the top two of the Ten Commandments of Termination, number nine, or at least number two, I guess, going to number one. Thou shall not sign. No kidding. And thou shall not sign. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you shouldn't just sign, but at least for the purposes of this list, the Ten Commandments, is you, thou shall not sign that severance offer. Now, this flows from the previous commandment, which is your severance offer is inadequate. Again, I'm not clairvoyant. I'm just telling you how it is. That your severance offer is inadequate. And because it's inadequate, you cannot and should not sign. Remember, if you sign... You've given up your rights. You can't then change your mind. There's no such thing as, well, I'll sign now, then I'll figure out if I should have signed, and then if I realize that I shouldn't, then I'll deal with it. No, no, it doesn't work that way. That That's completely backwards. The only time you sign is once you know you've received everything that you're owed and then you're comfortable to sign off on it because there's nothing else owing to you. But because most people are owed a lot more, signing is a terrible, terrible idea. Now, what makes it a bit more interesting is that every severance offer has a deadline. So you'll see if you've been let go now or in the past or if you ever happen to you in the future, you'll see that uh, in the severance letter there's a, a line that says, well, to accept this, you have to sign this and return it to us by Friday or Thursday or whatever the date is. Yeah. So you'll immediately feel that pressure. Well, wait a second. They wanted it by Friday. Today is Tuesday. So I better sign this really quickly because it's going to expire. Not so fast. Your legal rights don't expire like that. Not on Friday. They don't expire, in fact, for two years. That's how long you have to pursue your rights. That's just a pressure tactic. That's it. So most people are looking in a situation where, let's say they're owed 12-month severance. The company is offering them five, but they have to accept this terrible offer by Friday. Why on earth would you ever do that? You would never do that, should never do that. And despite pressure being put on you, you cannot do that. The good news is we can resolve these issues quickly. It's not complicated to resolve it and get you the severance that you wrote, but I can't help you if you sign off on that offer. Every single day, every day, sometimes multiple times a day, I get calls and emails from people that want my help, but they've already signed off on that offer. I can't help in that situation. You've given up your rights, so please, please. Now you know better because you've just listened to what I had to say, so don't let that happen to you. That uh, that deadline, that pressure tactic's a good one, though. Man, that's been working well for employers for years, even though it's, it doesn't really hold water. Saved them a lot of money. Well, think about it, John. If you just lost your job, then you're now in a pretty fragile state, you know, mentally, emotionally. Uh, you're, you're immediately going to be worried about uh, paying your bills, supporting your family. Uh, you're going to be worried about finding another job. 
and here's the company offering you money, but you have to accept by Friday. Most people in that very difficult state will accept because they're not necessarily thinking clearly. They're nervous. They're scared. So it's not a good time to make decisions. And I get it. I understand exactly where you're coming from in that situation. But despite that, you have to be strong and do the right thing because the law will help you here. The law will throw you a lifeline. The law does make the employer or obliges the employer to pay you a certain amount of severance. But the law can't help you if you simply decide to sign it and give up your rights. So trust me, trust the system, trust the law to take care of this situation and get you what you're owed and don't fall for that pressure tactic. All right, the last of the Ten Commandments of Termination, save the most important one for the end, that is thou shall use severance pay calculator or call you. Regardless, call you. Absolutely. So we talked about pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. In there, we have the severance calculator. One of the tools at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a severance calculator that allows you to find out in seconds how much you're actually owed. So, you know, rather than uh, make you call me if you don't want to or make you uh, figure out what to do, make it easy. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, grab your smartphone. We all have smartphones now, right? And grab it. In 10 seconds, you'll know how much you're owed. That's how easy it is. It's anonymous. It's free. You don't have to put in your name or the company's name. So I, I, I try to make it as simple as possible for you to get the information that you need if you lost your job. It's a pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's the first place you go to uh, if you lost your job. You're walking out of that boardroom. You get in the elevator. Get in the car. Before you start the car and go home, grab your phone. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and you'll find out what you're actually owed. It can even calculate it in dollars, or otherwise it can calculate it in months and weeks. And that's what you do if you lost your job. That's my number one most important commandment, because if you do that, you'll never ever be in a situation where you've lost out on money that you are legally owed. Did promise to get to a couple of emails before the end of the show. We'll do so now. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Kyle's up first. Going to lob an easy one over the plate for you here <laughs> off the top of the or Kyle says, uh, is eight months severance enough for a 60-year-old guy, salesperson, with 15 years of service? No, it's not enough. But but here's the, the interesting thing is I bet you a lot of people, if you'd ask them and say, oh, I've been there for 15 years. They gave me eight months. Let's say, well, wait a second, a week per year is 15 weeks. They offered you eight months. Holy cow, man, that's a great deal. You better accept yeah. this right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not even close. Okay, remember the factors that go into assessing entitlements, the main factors at least, are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. Now, if we take that and apply it to Kyle, he'd be owed anywhere from 12 to 14, maybe even 15 months of severance. So let's say it's 14 months. That's six more months than what he's been offered. So, Kyle, no, that is not a good offer. It's not even close to being good. Uh, it's, you know, 60 cents on the dollar at best. And depending on your income, well, it doesn't matter what your income is. Either way, it's going to be a lot of money. So that's why, that's exactly what we're talking about here. So, Kyle, you need to reach out to me off air so that I can help you get what you're owed. Kyle, you've got the email address, obviously. That's how you contacted us. But the number to reach Lior and the team, 604-283-3123. Use it. Danielle is up next. Says, guys, I work for a chiropractor office, and a new doctor is about to buy the practice. The doctor I'm working for has said to all the employees that if we don't go, go to work for the new doctor, then, well, we've resigned. Is that correct? Well, no, it's not correct. Uh, it's, it's certainly not at all correct. So here's how this works. Whenever a business is sold, here's what happens there. 
Now, if you are not offered a job with a buyer, so you, you're now out of work because there's no job for you with the buyer, then yes, you get your full severance from, from the seller, from the company selling the business. Just as I said before, based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So that's easy. You get your full severance. If you are offered a job and decide to continue working, if you decide to continue working, then you don't get severance, but your employment is going to be continued. It's deemed to be continuous with the company that bought the business. So there's really no interruption in your employment. Now, if you decide not to accept the job with the buyer, now it depends as to why you didn't. If you have a very, a very good reason, maybe the job is different or they're relocating you, you still have to get paid your full severance. If you don't have a good reason, you just don't want to continue working with the buyer, you're going to go look for another job somewhere else, then you still get severance, but you only get your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. Either way, though, it's not a resignation, Danielle. Either way, if you decide not to work, you will be owed severance, and depending as to why you're not going to be working with the buyer, you're either going to get your full entitlements or minimum entitlements. But very important, if you lose your job as a result of a sale of a business, the company selling the company has to pay you your full entitlements. And what if the buyer, say you've been there for 15 years, a lot of people that work in medical practices have been there for decades, absolute decades. What if the new buyer says, uh, you know, I need you all to sign new employment agreements before we carry on? Well, you got to be very careful always, whether it's in a sale of a business situation or a new job, existing job, those employment agreements, we touched on that earlier in the show, can do things that are very unfavorable. For example, it can limit your future severance. So you talk about sale of a business, you sign an employment agreement that, uh, with a new company that limits your severance, uh, a month later they let you go, now you're, instead of getting maybe 24 months pay, you could be getting as little as 8 weeks pay. Literally, you could be giving up 20 months or more in terms of severance. Don't let that happen to you. Be very careful with these employment agreements. If you're going to sign an employment agreement in a situation like that, number one, make sure it doesn't disregard your previous service, that it doesn't say your service starts again at zero. Number two, make sure that it doesn't limit your future severance. Number three, make sure that it doesn't give the company the right to change your job, your compensation, your hours of work. You never want to agree to a job that says, we'll pay you $50,000, but we can change it. You'll work nine to five, but we can change it. You'll be a manager, but we can change it. There's no point of agreeing to that because you're essentially saying to the company, hire me to whatever job, pay me whatever you want. Never agree to that. You can always negotiate those terms. And if you're not sure how to do that, reach out to me and we'll discuss it. That is a wrap for another afternoon. Thanks for joining us and sticking around. We can give you some contact information now if you want to wait and call the or now that we're done for the day. That is easy. 604 283 3123. That's the number anytime. You want to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Mentioned and used several times on the show. It's got tons of information on uh, employment law there. Stuff you guarantee didn't know. Just spend a little time on the website. It's absolutely free. It's anonymous as well. And the email address we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca and just employmentlawyer.ca. That is the place you go if you want to catch our television show, a 30-minute presentation of what we do for an hour here on the radio each week. So there you go. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on C. KNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.